You're listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the Holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find I'm full of surprises. It's not over yet. No. There is another. Hey there, Star Wars fans. You're listening to the 29th episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news and rumors and updates and miscellaneous regarding uh, Star Wars Episode 7 and Star Wars Rebels and the Star Wars Clone Wars bonus content and all the other exciting future upcoming projects in the Star Wars universe. As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and with me to talk about all this stuff is my co-host, Tim. How's it going, Tim? Hey, Kyle. I'm doing good. And as I said on the, how we ended the last episode, I'm still exercising patience right now, as Obi-Wan taught us to do. As as recording this episode, Sunday, February 9th, still no official word on the Clone Wars bonus content that we were expecting sometime soon. But we do have something to talk about with the bonus content, so there is that. But still waiting on the official word. Yeah, and it's supposed to be airing in Germany in like a week, and we still haven't heard anything about a U.S. release, so it's just kind of like... What's the deal, guys? Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, we know what's coming. It's very soon, so can we get at least a little taste of it over here in the U.S.? Yeah, well, hopefully we'll uh, hear something soon. But I'm sure we'll uh, get to talking about that a whole lot more later. But uh, I wanted to start off this episode actually talking about Star Wars Rebels. Um, I know we usually start off with the Episode Seven rumors and all that kind of stuff, but I figured we'd start with Rebels this time just because there was uh, kind of a big Rebels announcement that dropped right after we recorded our last episode. And I don't remember if this was the same day we recorded or if it was like a day later or something, but it was before we got the episode edited and uploaded and all that, so... Um, I figured we'd just go back and start with that, and that is that we have the first, uh, the announcement of the first character of Rebels who's going to be sort of on the hero side, um, the first part of the actual Rebels crew, because we've gotten, um, you know, the Inquisitor and all the Imperial stuff revealed already, but now we have uh, the reveal of Chopper, who is going to be an astromech droid, um, you know, a, a sidekick companion type character to the main heroes. And uh, they've re- released some images and a little behind-the-scenes video with Dave Filoni and the crew talking about Chopper. And basically, he's like the uh, the grumpy version of R2-D2. They said if R2 is like your loyal dog, then Chopper is like the cat that just wants to do his own thing and doesn't really care. And uh, from the video, he actually looks pretty funny and looks like he'll be uh, an interesting character and a fun addition to the show. So I don't know. Tim, what do you think about it? Yeah, I thought it was a cool announcement to get. I mean, we weren't expecting a new character announcement when this did get announced a few days after we recorded. But, yeah, it was just cool to get some more insight into what we could expect for Rebels. And, yeah, I love the description that Dave gave for him, how he's like the cat if R2's a dog. It's almost like the bizarro R2, if you will, because they call him grumpy. He kind of gets into trouble and almost like a lazy type thing where he always has only will help if he has to kind of thing. But at the end of the day, he will 
do what is needed and save the crew and get them out of trouble when it needs to be. So, but other than the actual character, it was cool to kind of see some more like pre-visual animation for Chopper and looks like he was around like moving around the ghost ship too. So we saw a little bit of the interior of that. So there was one shot where most of it was all previous and not finished, but one of the shots looked pretty close to being finished in like an actual model of Chopper. So that was pretty cool to see in it too. But um, yeah, nothing too big as far as like new actual hero characters, but at the same time, we're getting little bits and pieces of it. Like you said, we got the reveal of the main villain, the Inquisitor. Now we're moving on to the hero side, but right now it's just like the sidekick in the droids that we're getting announced. So hopefully soon we'll actually get the main characters. But yeah, it was a cool announcement, and I'm excited to see Chopper how it interact with the crew and just the show in general. Because you got to have some astromech droid in there as part of the crew. <laughs> it just wouldn't be Star Wars without it. And yeah. R2 was off on uh, Captain Antilles' ship with C-3PO, so maybe they'll bump into each other on a mission or something. Well, the crew of the Ghosts will interact with Captain Antilles and the Tanti-4 uh, some somewhere along the lines of the series. You never know, but yeah, the crew has to have their own astromech droid. So <laughs> it was a a surprise at the same, but at the same time too, kind of something we should have expected too, because <laughs> you know there has to be a droid in there. Yeah, well, because for one thing, I mean, this droid is the first hero character that we have officially announced for Star Wars Rebels, and R two D two is the first character that they announced as um, you know a character that's going to appear in Episode Seven. So, kind of makes sense that they're uh, you know rolling out the droids first. But also, like you said, um, there was sort of a brief clip uh, in that video that they released that uh, did look like it was, you know, close to final animation of Chopper in an episode. and didn't really show much. It just looked like him kind of rolling down a corridor in the ship or something. But yeah. um, I thought it actually looked pretty good, and it looked pretty close to Clone Wars. Yes, it um, did. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from just from watching that one clip, it kind of slipped past me at first because I, it just kind of seemed like what I'm so used to seeing with behind the scenes stuff from Clone Wars. And then I was like, Oh, wait a second. That's like the first actual animation of rebels that we've seen. I mean, aside from that teaser that we got of like the star destroyer going overhead, but I mean, you can tell that the textures maybe look a little bit different. Um, and obviously when it's just like a hallway in a spaceship and a droid, um, that's not a whole lot to go on because we don't know how stylized the characters might look or something like that. Because um, actually, that was one thing with Clone Wars. Even was that even though that shit that show had a really stylized look and feel to it, just as far as like the sort of the angular features on the characters and the the way all the textures kind of look like paintings and all that kind of stuff. Um, sometimes, if there was a shot of just like a vehicle or a you know, a ship or a droid or just some sort of object. Some of that stuff looked kind of close to photorealistic in some shots, um, just because, you know, it's there's kind of only so many ways you can do that. And I think with a lot of the ships and stuff, they made it look pretty close to how it was in the movies. Um, so this could be kind of the same thing here. And like I said, we don't really know how the characters are going to look. But, um, I mean, from, you know, just from this little early indication, I was like, okay, you know, I think the animation looks pretty good. Um, and then one other thing I was going to mention, uh, you know, you're bringing up, how they might bump into R2 at some point. They did show a piece of concept art in this video where they showed uh, sort of like a character sketch or uh, design layout kind of thing for Chopper. And they had him side by side with R2-D2. And I backed it up and sort of paused it on that frame. And if you look at the R2 
character art in that frame, it looks slightly different from how he was in Clone Wars and looks um, kind of more dirty and rusty, a little bit more like how he was in the, in the original trilogy. So I'm thinking this looks like a new um, you know, concept art designed for R2 that they're going to use for Rebels. So I'm pretty sure that they, you know, either intentionally or unintentionally just confirmed that R2 is going to be in Rebels at some point as well. And I thought that was kind of cool to see. Yeah, that'd be a good uh, face-off. We can be kind of like be like Duel of the Droids episode of <laughs> R2 and Chopper get along. We'll have another uh, fight. <laughs> but uh, another thing that I liked about Chopper too is in his design was how it's really based off Ralph McQuarrie's like early concept designs of R2. Even before, like the main thing is those like uh, two appendages that come out of his head, <laughs> like the mm-hmm. early designs had. So they've been saying it all along for Rebels, where they're really taking their influence from Ralph McQuarrie's early concept drawings. So this Chopper seems to be another example of that, and I and I love it because <laughs> those drawings are awesome. And seeing them brought to life in animation is going to be really cool. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. And also, I mean, Chopper just seems kind of like really similar to R2, but, you know, different because, like we said, he's real grumpy and stuff, but just similar in the way that um, he's an older astromech droid who hasn't really, you know, had a lot of memory wipes and stuff, and so he's just sort of developed a lot of unique quirks and sort of his own little personality over time, and so it'll be, uh, it should be pretty fun to see that play out. Yeah, and even the way he sounds, too, is way different from R2. It's like, is a not some beeps and blues, but it's more like a very low tone and more bassy. It seems like where mm. R2 was kind of light and you could tell it was like a, like a lighthearted character or, but with uh, Chopper and really getting that point across where he does sound like he's a grumpy astromech droid just in the way he sounds. So in that way, he's going to be real different too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, all that just kind of fits his design well too, because he looks like just sort of this rusty old beat up, clunky droid that yeah. wouldn't really care what you think if he doesn't want to punch the hyperdrive when you tell him to. Yeah, when they first saw this, I was like, oh, they're just kind of doing what they did in Clone Wars in the Duel of the Droids episodes with the, that golden astromech droid. I think Ahsoka just called him Goldie. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I hope they don't go full up to that route where everyone out, like hates him and doesn't want him. Like, Or Hanukkah got frustrated with that droid and then now everyone on the ghost is going to be frustrated with Chopper all the time. I want it to be where like yeah, he could kind of be annoying, but you know everyone loves him in the end. <laughs> they can count on him. So, yeah, we'll I get the feeling. The go with that. I I get the feeling that is how he will be, because Chopper's probably not going to be an undercover separatist spy who's purposely trying to get under Anakin's skin. <laughs> yeah, I think that we can count on. <laughs> yeah, um, and then so that's the only confirmed character. Well, the only officially confirmed uh, Rebels hero character that we have, but. We also have a couple more characters that have been sort of leaked through uh, some Lego images. And I think we talked about this last time, how they had shown a couple images of ships and that we might have gotten um, a couple of character names that might have been suggested through that. Well, now we've got uh, on Jedi News, they've got a, a screenshot or, you know, a picture of like a real close up of one of those Lego boxes. And you can clearly see the names and pictures of the characters on there. Um, and so this might be a little bit spoilerish, I guess, if you're waiting for sort of the official confirmation, although I can't imagine these will be huge spoilers because we'll probably get official introductions to all these characters anyways before the show starts. But um, I guess these are the characters that come with the Ghost Lego set, and there are four characters. It's uh, Zeb Oratios and Harrison Dula, Canon Jarrus, and a Stormtrooper. 
Um, and so the stormtrooper is kind of self-explanatory. Canon Jars is interesting because the picture for him is just sort of blacked out. Yeah. Um, but he does have a lightsaber. So we know, I mean, they've kind of hinted that the reason the Inquisitor is even in this show, because he's supposed to like hunt down Jedi, that sort of implies that one of the main characters will be a Jedi. And, um, so I'm guessing that's who this Canon Jarrus guy is, but we don't know what he looks like yet. Yeah, and is he going to be like an old Jedi who escaped Order 66? Or what is he, a Padawan in training, and he hasn't fully been trained as a Jedi yet, and he's still not fully, like, like a fully capable Jedi. Should be kind of like maybe how Luke was or something. I think he's supposed to be younger because I read a different article or, you know, different kind of rumor report that was also related to these Lego figures, but it also had like descriptions that came from the box or from the marketing or whatever that kind of described the characters. And I think it said something about Canon Jarrus being like an imperial cadet who, you know, runs away from the Empire and then discovers he has force powers or something like that. Um, so it seems like he'll be a younger character, but I'm not entirely sure on that. That's just sort of my impression so far, um, especially because also they've talked about how this is going to focus on like a, a young group of characters who are sort of. Um, you know, get caught up in the formation of the rebellion. So I don't think this is going to be like a guy who escaped Order 66. Mm-hmm. But um, I could be wrong on that. You know, we might see some of those type of characters in here too. But then um, Zeb Oretios or Oretios or something like that. I'm not even sure if this is a type of alien we've seen before, but he looks kind of tall and hairy and almost like a Bothan, but I don't quite think he's a Bothan, but he could be. I don't know. Um, I don't know. You've seen these pictures, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did, uh, did that design look familiar to you at all? Yeah, actually. I mean, I've been reading this quite a few on different rumor reports about these Lego sets that Zeb actually might be like the early design of how Chewbacca was for episode four of what Ralph McQuarrie did. So like this, another, again, another example oh, of you know, that you design. About that. And when I saw it, I was like, yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, he's probably going to be a brand new species. They'll announce on the show, but yeah, he seems to be taking inspiration from that early Chewbacca design by Ralph McQuarrie, which again, I think is awesome. <laughs> I can definitely see that now that I'm looking at it. Yeah. Because, um, if you've ever seen any of the old concept art of Chewbacca, um, he does look more human. Um, and sort of, you know, not quite as hairy. Uh, yeah. you know, he, he looks more like a tall, thin, hairy man and less like a walking carpet. Yeah. Um, plus his description too, is he's listed as the trusty sidekick and that fits almost as the Chewbacca description. Yeah. So it makes sense for him to be based off that too. Yeah. So that could be interesting to see if they, you know, end up uh, making a new species up out of that. And then Harrison Dula is a female Twi'lek with green skin. And um, yeah, I'm definitely thinking she's probably the daughter, niece, something or other of uh, Chamson Dula, who we saw as like the Twi'lek rebel leader in the Clone Wars. And I think that's really cool um, to sort of continue that continuity, I guess. I mean, we didn't really see that Shams and Dula had a daughter in the Clone Wars, but it's certainly not, uh, it's not like them adding a daughter for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Because (laughs) Shams and Dula is definitely not as much of an established character, so you can still expand on that. And, um, you know, maybe he'll even make an appearance. He was one of my favorite sort of minor characters in the Clone Wars, and I really liked that episode that he was in in uh, the first season with Mace Windu. Um, So that should be pretty cool to see 
um, sort of that bloodline of uh, kind of rebel heroes continued from Clone Wars over into Rebels. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's kind of our first um, tease, I guess you could say, about maybe Rebels connecting with Clone Wars in some way. I mean, just having someone be part of one of the a main character for at least one arc in Chance and Dula. So to have to whatever his her relation is going to be to him is pretty cool. We just have that Clone Wars. I guess lineage carry on in a small way right now. Hopefully there'll be bigger tie-ins to it, but just cool to know that they're still in a small way right now with one of their main characters that has ties to Clone Wars. But another character who actually wasn't in that image of the four uh, characters who are going to be in the Ghost, because it also included just a random stormtrooper on there. But also there's some images of the other ship, the Phantom. And in that ship, it's going to come with the other main character, I believe, Ezra Bridger. And he's someone who's intriguing to me because I believe his description was that he was an Imperial cadet too, and he's kind of going joining the rebels here. But oh, he's still you know, carrying... I could have gotten confused between him and Ken and Jarvis then. I just remember reading something about somebody being an Imperial cadet. Yeah, because in his Lego set in the Phantom, he actually has a Stormtrooper cadet helmet that he still carries with him. He's not in Stormtrooper armor, but he does have the helmet. And that's the character I'm kind of most intrigued with because having someone who's part of the Imperial Academy, but then goes to the Rebel side, but still has the helmet as a Stormtrooper. It's pretty cool. And I just wanted to kind of see more about this character, what his whole story is. Is he going to be like a reluctant hero type one or someone who just like maybe was fully convinced that the Empire was good, but then something somehow, some way made him change his mind and now he's full on joining the Rebellion. So we'll see because I'm just curious. So why is he still keeping that Stormtrooper helmet? Because it looks cool. <laughs> so they actually have um, images released of that one too, though? Yeah, there's like the box of the Phantom and then in the cockpit you see him piloting it and he has a Stormtrooper cadet helmet on. But oh, no. okay. Yeah, I might have to have you send me the link to that or something though because I didn't see that one. Okay. Yeah. I'm more interested to see just what the ship looks like because... Um, like I said, I when I first heard that they were making a Lego set of the Phantom, my first instinct was that it could be the Phantom from the Old Republic, which is a really cool-looking ship. But now I'm interested to see kind of how that design compares to whatever the Phantom is in um, in Rebels. Well, I just sent you the link right now <laughs> if you want to check it out. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw that pop up on my Skype right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I mean, it is it is kind of unfortunate. Oh, okay, wow, that is a lot smaller than I was picturing. It yeah, it's like nowhere a, near as big as the ghost. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a little shuttle or something. Also, it does kind of look interesting that there's it's a um, different type of helmet that maybe it's just like a Stormtrooper training helmet or maybe it's a pilot helmet or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I've heard, yeah I think the description they're saying is like a Stormtrooper cadet helmet or that's what he was, so it's probably not the full-on Stormtrooper helmet, but one the cadets wear maybe in the academy. Uh, by the way, I'm loving this logo on here. That kind of, it, it almost looks like the Rebel Alliance logo, but it's sort of tilted at an angle a little bit, and it kind of looks like a phoenix. Yeah, I'm going to say it right now. I think I like it better than <laughs> the normal Rebel logo that we've been used to all these years. It just looks really cool. I love the phoenix look, but at the same time, you still get that classic Rebel insignia look too, so I love it. Yeah, well, you know what's funny is living in Arizona, this kind of looks like a giant symbol that they have on the floor in the middle of Sky Harbor Airport in Phoenix. Okay. Because um, every time I walk through there and see that symbol, I think it looks like the Rebel Alliance symbol, and I'm like, oh, it's actually a Phoenix, and now it's like they have a Rebel logo that looks like a Phoenix. Yeah, now it is the Rebel logo. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully there's no like copyright issues over that. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, I mean, it, like I was saying, it's kind of unfortunate that these designs have been sort of leaked out first through, um, you know, kind of leaked and teased Lego pictures. But um, I mean, you would think they might have a little bit tighter grasp on the whole marketing side of it. Like, okay, we're not going to release the pictures of the Lego sets until we actually announce the characters or I don't know, maybe it's intentional. Maybe they know that only a few of the diehard fans like us are going to find this stuff on the internet and it'll just get us more excited about it. And, you know, obviously the show is going to be kind of targeted at kids too. And, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of kids aren't necessarily finding out about this some might but i would think you know just the general audience at large and sort of the more casual star wars fans are going to find out about this when they make you know the official reveals and that sort of thing yeah you're probably right i mean lucasfilm of course they appreciate all their fans die hard or casual fans but like you said they know that there's not going to be too many that are just scoping the internet probably just looking for any images you can of rebels and then they know the big hype will be when they make that official announcement and then hardcore and casual fans alike will be all excited for it so <laughs> i'm sure they're not too worried about that yeah then again it seems like when before the clone wars was coming out i feel like by this point we already knew about ahsoka but i could be wrong about that yeah i remember her being announced pretty early on, at least before any of the actual first trailer, but the very first image we got of Star, Star Wars The Clone Wars, she wasn't in there. Yeah, so or I think she was... A little bit later. She was like a uh, silhouette, and we knew that there was going to be some new mystery character, but we didn't know who it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah, there was just like a silhouette of this female character in between Anakin and Obi-Wan, but we didn't know who it was yet. But um, anyway, the last uh, Rebels reveal that we've had since our last episode is, I think it was just in the last few days that these uh, posters have come out. They've got like six different images that are um, sort of based on like World War II propaganda artwork, and it's all um, definitely Imperial stuff. Um, and like I said, definitely has that sort of old school war, World War II influence to it, but um, they've got like six different images of stormtroopers and TIE fighters and Star Destroyers and the Inquisitor and all that kind of stuff. And they also, I guess, sent these out as like special edition art cards to certain people um, who are, you know, associated with the media or with Star Wars or whatever. And I know uh, Michael Cohen over at Frontlines and uh, soon the Rebels podcast um, got these and was pretty excited about it. Um, unfortunately, Tim and I didn't get any, but uh, they still look pretty cool. Yeah, I was checking my mailbox the two like two days after this uh, postcard <laughs> got announced, but unfortunately nothing. But yeah, they look really cool. I I just love the promotion that Lucasfilm is doing for it so far. Just like you said, being like the World War II propaganda posters. And if I had to pick one, I think my favorite would probably be um, the one that has like the heads of the stormtrooper, snowtrooper, scout, tie fighter, and it says wear it or if the headgear fits, wear it. Join the Empire. I just love those. And probably a tease and a good indication of knowing that we'll probably be seeing snow troopers and scout troopers in the series too, which is going to be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm if I had to sure. Pick one, it'll be my favorite. Yeah, I'm sure. If like even if we don't see those guys in the first season, I'm sure we'll see them at some point. Because um, if you just think about over the course of five seasons on Clone Wars, like how many different variations of clone trooper armor we saw. I mean, in addition to the Phase One and the Phase Two, we saw. I think at least two different types of pilot uniforms and we saw the Geonosis trooper, you know, sort of the desert 
uh, geared up guys and, um, you know, arc troopers and the snow troopers from, um, trespass and, you know, so there was like a ton of different variations on the clone troopers and I'm sure they'll do the same thing here for, uh, for the empire, even though the empire is a bit more uniform and, uh, you know, you don't have the thing like with the clone troopers during the clone wars, how they all had different colors and sort of decorations on their armor and things like that. I mean, I think because the emperor is trying to sort of squash their individuality a little bit and just make them all sort of uniform and controlled and everything, it's a bit more, um, sort of identical, but I think we'll still see a lot of different variations of the armor just for different types of roles. Like I said, for, you know, the regular stormtroopers or pilots or snowtroopers or scout troopers or, you know, the walker drivers and whatever else, you know, they tend to uh, do different variations for that. Yeah, the more the better, in my opinion, because it's impossible to make their armor and helmets not look cool. So I'm excited <laughs> yeah, to see any much. new variation they come up with. Yeah, although I have to say for me, if I had to pick a favorite one, um, well, you know, I don't have just one. I have two favorites. I like the one that says uh, protecting Lothal, protecting you. And it's got an Imperial officer and a bunch of stormtroopers standing behind him. And they're like standing in front of a city. And then there's a Star Destroyer hanging over the city. Um, I just like that one probably from a design standpoint the most. Um, just the way everything is sort of like angled back and you've got the Star Destroyer overhead. I just, I, it's kind of hard to describe, but I just really like the layout of that from a design standpoint. And the image of the Star Destroyer hanging over your city saying it's protecting you is kind of eerily threatening. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I also really like the uh, the TIE Fighter poster that says Ace Pilots Needed. And it's got a, a TIE fighter pilot just giving a thumbs up with a bunch of red TIE fighters flying by behind him. I think that's a pretty cool one, too. Yeah, I got to say, if you're on the planet Lothal and you see these posters, it's going to be hard not to sign up. <laughs> see how <laughs> yeah. cool all these uh, armors looks for the TIE fighter pilots and sword troopers. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and that's I think that's an interesting thing that they'll be able to get into in Rebels. It's just sort of the whole mentality of like why people would want to join up with the empire in the first place and obviously all the stuff we've seen from the perspective of the movies and the heroes and stuff like we know that the empire is evil but we also know the emperor and darth vader and sort of their nefarious plans behind it all the regular citizens of the galaxy they don't know anything about that like they don't know that there's this evil creepy old mastermind who's you know just bent on wiping out all the heroes and can shoot lightning out of his fingertips they just think he's trying to you know bring order to the galaxy and make sure another clone war doesn't happen so um you know it'll be interesting to get into some of the psychology of that yeah that's another thing that the heroes of the show have to deal with because of course they're going to be in like real battles with stormtroopers and the empire and stuff like that but they're also going to kind of have i guess like a political battles or like you said psychology battles with like just the citizens of Lothal because they're probably all going to think yeah the Empire is here to protect us they're doing a good job keeping peace in the galaxy and they're not aware of all the evil that's involved with it and then they're probably going to look at the characters of Rebels saying like you're the bad guys or you don't know what you're doing now can you go against this organization that's protecting us so that's like another battle they're going to have to go on and fight not just the actual war so yeah it's gonna be exciting to see that aspect of it too because like these posters are doing they're really making the empire to look like they're out for the greater good of the galaxy to protect and serve pretty much so yeah it's gonna be great to see it all play out Mm -hmm. although it's also kind of an interesting contrast seeing all these posters sort of promoting the empire in this positive light when like i said just because of all the stuff we know about star wars before this point you know we know 
that they're not the good guys and it's kind of a weird juxtaposition seeing like a stormtrooper helmet and then saying like we're protecting you enlist today and it's like um i don't know about this yeah <laughs> but obviously i mean from an in-universe standpoint it certainly makes sense that the empire would use this sort of recruitment campaign yeah, I'm curious to see how much it works on the planet. Well, so it looks like it is going to work a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another cool thing about the cards too, like you mentioned, uh, Michael Cohen got what got a set, and he posted a video which you can actually find on our Facebook page and the Rebels Podcast Facebook page. But in the video, he sees that when you flip the cards over, each card is a piece of the new like Phoenix Rebel insignia, and then when you put them all together, it forms a new Rebel logo, which looks really cool. Oh, nice. And just the packaging of the packaging of the cards that they came in really cool. It's like a nice envelope with the Imperial logo on there. And just a nice recruitment letter also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they are definitely doing a nice job hyping this thing up ahead of time and uh, building up a good marketing campaign for it. Yeah, exactly. And it's all pretty much just been based on the Empire. <laughs> We've seen nothing of, like we said, the actual heroes and the good guys of the series. So it's really getting the point across that they're really going to have their work cut out from just being like a small section of people, a small faction of people who are going against this big old empire where they're just really going to kind of from the ground up build the rebel Alliance out of a small group. So yeah, just can't wait. (laughs) Yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to this show and it should be really great to just get to see all this stuff and return to sort of that classic time period of star Wars with the rebellion against the empire. Yeah. Like I said, we're getting excited despite these, uh, six images of uh, promotional posters and like leaked images of Lego figures. And just imagine when we actually see the first footage and trailer, man, it's like excitement's going to go through the roof. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I still can't wait to actually like see the, the actual characters in action. Um, you know, like the more human characters and not yeah. just chopper rolling around, but um, <laughs> man, it is going to be really cool to see. And I mean, as much as I'm excited to see the characters, I might be even more excited to see, some battles between like X-Wings and TIE Fighters. Yeah. Or at least for now, the ghosts and some TIE Fighters. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we'll be seeing X-Wings for the first few episodes. Yeah. Probably not the first few episodes, but you know, I mean, and even if they don't bring in X-Wings right away, I mean, they might start out with like the Z 85 or 95 headhunters. Um, I mean, yeah. I know in the EU, they've been the Z 95s, but in Clone Wars, they went back to, yeah, they made sort of like an older version that was the Z 85. So, we might see one of those as like a precursor to the X-Wing, but it's going to be really cool kind of watching all that stuff develop and eventually come into the fold. Because like you said, I don't think we'll see all of that right off the bat. Like at the beginning of the show, there won't be a full-fledged rebellion waging war against the Empire. But the more that sort of comes together, I think the more familiar stuff we'll see like X-Wings and Y-Wings and get some cool space battles and stuff like that. Yeah, it'll be cool to see the origins of all those ships too. Mm. Exactly. That's going to be part of the fun of the series. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I mean, I know we've talked about this show a lot before on previous episodes, and we've brought up the possibility of seeing like Darth Vader and the Emperor and stuff like that. Have we mentioned the possibility of seeing a half finished Death Star? Uh, I don't think we have, but yeah. Because <laughs> that could be really cool, too. Yeah. Maybe even seeing uh, how, well, it depends how far the series goes, but seeing how they got the plans to. To destroy the Death Star that Princess Leia got and put an R2. Oh, yeah. I would love to see that. Hopefully they get a chance to do that like for the Rebels finale. 
Yeah, um, that'd be a perfect lead-in to episode yeah. four. And See, hopefully it won't be like the Clone Wars where yeah. we're waiting for a lead-in to episode three. But Yeah, I was going to say, because of the way the Clone Wars ended, I would hope with Rebels that they maybe go into it with a little bit more of an endgame in mind and maybe a little bit shorter time frame. Because it seems like with Clone Wars, um, I mean, I know their original goal was to get to 100 episodes. And at first they thought like, wow, that's a lot for an animated series. And especially because when they started out, they were just kind of a small studio and didn't really know all that much like what they were doing. Um, I mean, you know, they had some experienced animation people on the team, but I think they definitely learned and grew a lot as they went along. But um, once they got to 100 episodes, they were just like, okay, well, like, I mean, Dave Filoni's answer in every interview was just, we're just going to keep making the show until people stop watching it. And yeah. I was like, that's great. And I'll keep watching it as long as you keep making it. But part of the reason I watch the show is because we already know how it ends and I want to see how we get to that point. I mean, that was part of the interesting thing for me watching that was, you know, watching Anakin develop and sort of see some more of his dark side emotions come out as we get closer to Revenge of the Sith and wondering what's going to happen to Ahsoka and just seeing the whole shape of the Republic slowly turning more towards an empire and all that kind of stuff. But you eventually do want to see the end game because we already know how it ends anyways. We want to see how they get to that point. And I think that would be a great thing to be able to see in Rebels. Like, because in the opening crawl to episode four, it says that the rebellion has... Um, you know, not only acquired the Death Star plinth, but they've won their first major victory in a battle against the Empire. And I mean, how great would that be for a series finale where, yeah. <laughs> you know, over the course of, I don't know, three or four or five seasons or however long they want to keep this going, we see the rebellion build up and maybe win some small victories and maybe have some crushing defeats that they have to recuperate from and rebuild. And somebody gives an epic speech and they get back on their feet and then, you know, they finally win this big epic battle and in the middle of it, somebody steals the Death Star plans, and then we're like, oh, cool, this is how the Star Wars movies all started. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'm getting excited to hear you talk about it. It's like <laughs> I'm man, getting excited hearing me talk about it. It's like, man, I hope, just go ahead and make those episodes early on, just in case you do end up getting canceled like Clone Wars, but <laughs> yeah, put yeah. them away, and then you have them ready to go if that does happen. Like, <laughs> yes, yes, on. please. But uh, yeah, that'd be the ultimate way to cap it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can only hope. Yeah, but let's get to the first episode <laughs> before we start talking about the series finale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We're not gonna like watch the entire series backwards. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So the only uh, last couple of rebels things we have to talk about, and this actually kind of ties in with uh, the episode seven stuff, which we'll talk about next, is that there's also a rumor going around. Um, that Mara Jade might be introduced in Rebels and that she'll also appear in Star Wars Episode Seven as obviously an older character, but that there'll be sort of some tie-in between Rebels and Episode Seven where they might introduce her and some other characters in the series that will then later carry over into the new movies. And um, also another rumor related to that just sort of about um, sort of the EU in general post Return of the Jedi and just sort of their plans for it and none of this is confirmed yet but people are saying that what it sounds like is that a lot of characters that a lot of the new characters they're planning to introduce in episodes 7, 8, 9 won't be taken directly from the EU but they'll pretty much be directly based off of those characters so there'll probably be you know Luke might have a wife who has a history with the Empire and has red hair but they might change her name or they might change a few details 
about her backstory. Um, same with like Han and Luke, uh, like Han and Leia's kids. Um, you know, they might not be named Jason and Jaina. They might not be identical twins, but they'll be pretty much the same characters. Um, and this is something that I have, I mean, it's something that I've kind of seen coming for a while, but again, this isn't confirmed at all. This is kind of just us speculating on a rumor that's speculating on something somebody heard. But, um, I mean, I've always thought this was a possibility when they said that they were going to, um, you know, take the EU into consideration and look at it, but they might not stick directly to it. And of course, now they're going back and, um, sort of revising the EU and deciding what they want to keep as canon and what they're not going to keep as canon. So I would definitely not be surprised to see some of these changes take place. As for whether or not I like the idea, um, I guess I'm kind of on the fence about it because I'm not, I've said this before, that I'm not a huge fan of the EU stories after Return of the Jedi. I'm a huge fan of the Clone Wars era and a huge fan of the Old Republic era. And I've read some stuff after Return of the Jedi, and I like the stuff that I've read, but I just haven't gotten too much into it. Um, and so I think as long as they sort of stick to the same idea, I would be okay with it. I mean, if they changed it so that, like, Han died and Leia married somebody else and Luke never had kids and Leia only had one child and they, you know, just completely changed the whole story, I might have a problem with that. But if they kind of keep the same thing where, like, Han and Leia get married, they have the same number of kids, Luke gets married, he has a kid, he starts a new Jedi Order, everything is pretty much in line with how it happened in the EU, but J.J. Abrams wants to put his own spin on it or not be sort of confined to doing the exact same thing that's in the books and they want to take a little bit more creative freedom with it, I think I'm okay with that. Yeah, regarding this whole EU stuff, I mean, my feeling on it is the same as it's been since this announcement got made about we're getting episode seven was that I really am not expecting anything from the EU to be included in the movies or, and in this case that we're talking about, maybe Mara Jade might be in rebels and I'll, she'll be the link to rebels to the new trilogy. I'm just really not feeling it. Or I just really, in my gut just tells me that it's just going to be wiped clean and maybe we'll get some similarities, but it's going to be very minimal so what's actually going to be in episode seven? I'm expecting totally new and different things. And maybe I'm wrong, but it's just the way I can see it going. And then that report that you're talking about, how there's going to be some characters that will be like how they were in the EU, like uh, Luke's son Ben and Jason and Jaina Solo. Maybe they won't, their names will be different, but they're basically going to be the same characters. I don't know if that's going to be the case either, because if they're going to do that, why wouldn't they just call them Ben, Jaina, Jason, Marjade, and all that. I mean, if they're going to stick so closely to the characterizations, how they were in the EU novels and comics and stuff, why not just use them then? I mean, you're going that far already. And maybe it's because they don't want to have the continuity issues that fans will be familiar with if they use the same names. But I think you'll get that anyway if they have the same personality and traits and they're basically the same characters with different names. So I, I say either go all in and use those characters or do something totally different. Maybe Han and Leo just have one kid, and Leo, I mean Luke, and whoever his wife's going to be have one kid, and then. But if they want a trio of new characters, maybe it'll just be someone else who's not their offspring, just a friend of the Solo and Skywalker kid. So we still don't know where they're going to go. But as far as this film, I really have a hard time putting much stock into it. As far as it's going to be Mara J being the link between Rebels and the new trilogy, and just the EU characters in general being used at all even if their names are different. I just don't see it happening. I mean, maybe I'll be proven dead wrong, but <laughs> that's just 
really don't see like J.J. Abrams, Lawrence Kasdan, and even Lucas's early story treatments really taking into account the EU stuff that's going on. And maybe with the new story group now, they had some discussions, but I just still don't see it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, as far as them like using the same characters but only changing the names, I think if they're going to do that, I, I get the feeling they'll change a little bit more than just the names. So I don't think these are going to be like identical characters. I just think they're going to be based on the same ideas and they'll be, you know, sort of filling the same roles and you'll be able to tell like this character is based on this character, but I don't think it'll be the exact same characters with a different name. Um, and I think that's probably why they would do that so that they can, you know, they change the name and then, you know, sort of take the liberty to, like I said, change a few other things about them if they feel that they need to. And as far as what you're saying about the, um, you know, them not sticking to the EU at all, I, I wouldn't necessarily expect them to stick to the stories. So, for example, I'm not expecting them to, you know, Episode 7 to be like an adaptation of the Thrawn trilogy or anything like that. But I think they can still tell completely new stories with the same characters. Um, and so I think it would, you know, that might be another reason why they want to keep sort of the same types of characters, keep them in the same roles, but maybe just change them a little bit so that they can tell completely different stories. And people are like, that never happened to Jason Solo. Well, this isn't Jason Solo. So, you know, they, yeah. they mix it up just a little bit um, because yeah, they don't have to stick. I mean, obviously they can do whatever they want. They don't have to stick to what was done in the EU, but I think it just sort of makes sense to stick with those same types of characters, especially when you look at, the relationship between the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy and just sort of the father-son relationship and the idea of just sort of this saga being passed down along the Skywalker family line. I think it makes sense for, um, you know, Han and Leia to get married and for Luke to get married and for their kids to kind of be the, um, you know, sort of the next generation of heroes. And plus, we don't know how much of the stuff in the EU came from George Lucas's notes or ideas that he may be handed off to, you know, the licensing division or suggest, suggested to certain authors or something like that. And I'm pretty sure that especially in the early going, like when Timothy Zahn was writing the Thrawn trilogy and stuff, that all that stuff went across George Lucas's desk anyways. So even if the ideas didn't directly come from him, he probably approved it. And so, yeah. um, you know, I, I don't see a problem with them keeping the same characters because it's like, yeah, that idea might not have come directly from George, but it's not like it directly conflicts with what he would have done had he made seven, eight, nine, you know, years earlier or something like that. So, um, I, you know, I kind of like the idea of them sort of paying homage to the EU and sort of, like I said, filling those same molds where you can tell. Like, okay, this is kind of supposed to be the same character, but then also not confining themselves to that and kind of taking liberty with the stories and maybe certain details. Yeah, and I know I've heard before, too, that in certain interviews that Lucas kind of said that he doesn't expect or his plans was that Luke never got married after Return of the Jedi. I forget if he said if he had offspring or not, but I think it was like he would stay single and it would just... Like, if there was any offspring, it would be Han and Leia's, but he was just said Luke would never be married. I also remember hearing, too, that he was never fond of the Mara Jade character. <laughs> so oh. if she's supposed to be the link between Rebels and Episode 7, like this rumor is saying, like, I don't know how much stock I'm going to put into that because if Lucas was never really that keen on her anyway, I don't think she'd be in his early drafts of the new trilogy. So I don't know, just a lot of things that, to me, I just don't see it happening. And like I said, in general, 
I, from the beginning, I never expected the EU to play a big role in this. I'm expecting it to be kind of everything post Return of the Jedi be wiped clean and have a new slate. And yeah, <laughs> and like I said, maybe I'm dead wrong about this, but it's just I just can't shake that feeling. I even have a friendly wager going on with a. One of our listeners and a friend of mine on Twitter, Paul Herman, who's like, uh, he says he ex- fully expects like Jason and Jaina Solo to be in there and maybe Ben Skywalker to be in the trilogy. And I'm like, no, I'm expecting totally different characters, like <laughs> nothing from the EU going on there. So we're waiting to see who's right. But yeah, and I'm somewhere in the middle. So I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll just take both your money when the official announcement comes out. <laughs> but so, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But yeah, right now, I'm not expecting this one to pan out. Yeah, well, I mean, again, this is all still just rumor and speculation at this point. So, uh, you know, pretty much all we can do is just guess about it until we get any more sort of official confirmation. But um, we do also have a couple more rumors. Um, well, this one's not really a rumor, just a, uh, a report from Billy D. Williams. Um, and he was interviewed at uh, some Comic-Con recently, and they asked him, um, you know, about returning to do episode seven. And he said, I haven't heard anything, no midnight calls yet, but sure, I'd be interested in playing Lando again if it came my way. So, um, you know, there you go. That's another, just another one of the uh, actors who's been in Star Wars before that we've heard about saying, you know, that they would like to do it or that they would do it if they were asked, but that they haven't really heard anything official about it yet. So I guess we'll just wait and see if Lando ends up turning up in it. Um, and then also something that I've uh, heard a lot of people getting really excited about over the past few days is that uh, there was an interview with Sky Movies with Gary Oldman, and they asked him about Star Wars Episode Seven, and he said that they have called him uh, regarding a role. Um, we don't know if this means they called to offer him the role, if they if they called to you know have him come in on come in and audition or just talk to him about it, but. Um, I mean, obviously he's been in some pretty popular movies like the Dark Knight trilogy and the Harry Potter series and stuff like that. And so I know a lot of people have been pretty excited saying like, oh yeah, it would be great to see him in Star Wars. Yeah, that would be really cool. <laughs> I mean, I love how he was kind of playing coy with it. He said, yeah, they've inquired about it. And I love too how in that video interview, he was excited about it. Like, man, I got to be in Batman, Planet of the Apes, like all these major franchises and maybe Star Wars now. That's exciting. Like even he's excited about the possibility <laughs> for him to be in all like these uh, like fanboy franchises. It's pretty cool. And like yeah. you said too, this got like such a positive reaction from a lot of people online just saying, oh man, this would, episode seven would be more awesome with this. I know we got a Twitter message from one of our listeners, Ed Trin, who was saying like, like he's one, one well-regarded actor who I could who I wouldn't mind seeing in the new movie. I think that pretty much sums it up for a lot of Star Wars fans and just movie fans in general because Gary Oldman is such a well-renowned actor for a lot of different roles. And But if he was in it, I don't know what I'd rather see him as, a villain or as a hero. I think I'm leaning more towards as a hero character just because I loved his performance as Jim Gordon in the Dark Knight trilogy and would like to see him as a good guy again in a Star Wars movie. So <laughs> I may be leaning more towards that, but I know he's played tons of villain roles also, so he could do both. Yeah, and you know, he's a really good character actor, too. He's one of those actors that's well-known and been in a lot of stuff, but when you see him, you don't automatically think, oh, there's Gary Oldman, Um, which is why, you know, I'm hoping that they don't cast somebody like, I don't know, Brad Pitt or Leonardo DiCaprio or somebody like that, because 
those type of actors, like, and, you know, nothing against their talent or ability or anything. I mean, those guys do fine work in their movies, but they're just such big movie stars that when you go and see one of their movies, like, it's kind of just hard to believe them completely as a different character because you just think, oh, that's Brad Pitt playing this guy or that guy or, you know, and Gary Oldman is one of those guys who you recognize him, but he blends into those characters a little bit more. And for example, if you compare Jim Gordon from the Dark Knight trilogy and Sirius Black from Harry Potter, like it's almost hard to believe that those two guys are played by the same actor because they're such different characters and he looks so different for both of those roles I mean, one, he's, you know, sort of like a professional-looking cop with, you know, the mustache and everything and, um, you know, just sort of how you would expect Commissioner Gordon to look, I guess. And then in the other one, he's this scrawny, you know, ex-con with a bunch of tattoos and greasy hair and all this kind of stuff. And it's just like he he blends into both of those roles so well. And it's funny because when I at, at first when I heard this, I thought – it was hard to kind of picture like where he could be in star Wars just because recently I think Gary Oldman, I think commissioner Gordon and you know, you think of him with like the mustache and the glasses and the cop jacket and everything. I'm like, how would he really fit into star Wars? But then when I compared it with some of his other roles that I've seen him in and I just thought how he fits into each of those so well, I'm like, yeah, I'm sure whatever they asked him to do in star Wars, he could make it believable. Yeah. This is one of the casting rumors that we've heard that, I really hope it ends up being true because I'm I'm usually like, yeah, I could see it either way. Like, I don't want to mind if this guy is in it or not. And I mean, I'm sure they'll make it work. But for Gary Oldman, like, yeah, I'd really want to see him in a Star Wars movie. I think he'd be great. And like you said, pretty much anything he could do. So that's the limit for him as far as, like I said, any type of character he could be cast for potentially is going to be great. Yeah, it'll uh, it'll be definitely interesting to see. I mean, we said this a bunch of times before, but once we finally get some official casting announcements, um, you know, to see which of them actually end up coming true and, uh, you know, look back on all these rumors we've had over the past year now and, uh, you know, to see like, oh, we were spot on with this one and this one was completely ridiculous and this one nobody saw coming and, you know. Yeah, you almost kind of, for me anyway, I kind of expect at least one well-known actor to be cast in the new trilogy, because every trilogy had it. I mean, Alec Guinness was for the original. Liam Neeson was for episode one in the prequel trilogy, even though he was only in episode one. But And then for the sequel trilogy, I'm thinking we got to get some well-known actor in there if the main cast is going to be like unknowns or relatively famous slash unknown, but not quite as famous as other superstars. So I'm kind of just thinking there's got to be one famous movie actor who's going to be cast in episodes of it. I mean, yeah. That's kind of tradition, it seems like, almost now. Well, obviously, if we're going to have the uh, you know the big three returning and have Han, Luke, and Leia back, then obviously those three are well-known actors, especially, especially Harrison Ford, who, you know, out of those yeah. three, has gone on to have the biggest uh, career as a movie star outside of Star Wars. But, um, I yeah, guess. I mean, even aside from that... You know, like I was saying, I wouldn't mind seeing someone like Gary Oldman, who's a really well-known. Yeah, you know, he's a well-known actor, but he's not necessarily a big movie star, and he's more—I um, don't know—low profile, I guess. But at the same time, you know, you you know, he's got the experience and the acting chops to pull it off. I guess I should have said um, for new uh, characters in Episode Seven, <laughs> as far yeah. as the main cast goes. Because yeah, like and, you said, Harrison Ford, you don't really get much bigger than that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, but like you said, though, I mean, it definitely would make sense for, I mean, of all the new characters that are going to appear in these movies, um, you know, I'm sure 
that somebody that they cast for one of those roles will be someone we've heard of before. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that some of them will be bigger stars than others. And that's the thing I was going to bring up, too, when you were talking about the whole EU and how you don't expect any of it to carry over. Like, I think they can, you know, even if they stick with, like, the Jason and Jaina and Ben Skywalker and Mara Jade and all those guys, we're still going to probably get a bunch of new characters that were never in the EU or might be, you know, even more loosely based off of EU characters. So that's kind of what I'm excited for too, is just to see what sort of new characters and new stories they come up with. But um, again, we'll just have to, you know, wait and see when we finally get these announcements and, uh, you know, maybe hopefully get like a synopsis or a trailer or something like that for episode seven. And we'll finally get a little bit of a glimpse of what these uh, stories and characters are going to be all about. Yep. I'm still saying it's March. <laughs> this is when we're going to get that announcement. Oh, for casting announcements. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Sometime before they start filming, probably. And yet at the same time, eh, I don't know. <laughs> there might still be some surprises under wraps by the time they start filming. Oh yeah. I'm sure there will be. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, definitely as far as story goes, but as far as casting, I don't know if there'll be any surprise cameos or anything like that. Yeah. I'm sure did you know there's going to be some like set photos that come out and they're say, wait, who's that over there? I don't remember seeing him in the casting announcement. Yeah. Of course, the nice thing with Star Wars is you can have people in you know, Jedi robes and Stormtrooper costumes and stuff like that and hide their faces. Or, or just uh, motion capture suits that are full on blue and green and gr- or gray <laughs> where you don't know <laughs> yeah. what they're supposed to be. Yeah. Or, you see, I'm hoping that they're even though they're supposed to be using more actual like props and sets and locations and things like that for the new movies, instead of just green screen, like they did for the old movies, I'm hoping that a lot of it is like interior sets that they're building on indoor sound stages so that it's not like out in the open for paparazzi to like take snapshots of, um, which, you know, I'm sure will probably be the case anyways, because even if they're shooting outdoors, it'll probably be in more secluded locations. Cause now that I think about it, a lot of times when you see leaked set photos, it's from like Batman or the Avengers or something like that that's filming in a major city. And they might have, you know, a few blocks, um, you know, blocked off for filming, but there still might be somebody in a building nearby or something that like takes a picture out their window of Captain America running by or whatever. You're not going to get that with Star Wars because obviously they're not going to like shoot in New York City and use that as a substitute for Coruscant. Yeah, that's true, too. I mean, some of the few, like, leaked sets photos I remember seeing for the prequels were not too many. I mean, the first one was the on-location shoot in Tunisia with Qui-Gon and Darth Maul in their lightsaber battle. But, like, there wasn't too many of them. I mean, there were some officially, like, still photos that were leaked out that shouldn't have. But as far as, like, set photos from, like, a fan's camera or phone or something like that, there wasn't too many of that for the prequel trilogy. And mostly for the reasons that you said, really. Yeah, and there was an, even a uh, an interview with J.J. Abrams recently that I think The Hollywood Reporter did where he was just talking about sort of the secrecy surrounding the project. And he actually said he was like on the phone with the interviewer and walked into his office to work on the Episode 7 script. And he was like, oh, wow, they've just like put up black paper on all my windows right now so that <laughs> nobody can see the script. This seems a bit extreme. But at the same time, he was saying that, you know, even though they're going to – extreme lengths to to protect the secrecy of it that he thinks that there is you know some value to that to going into a movie and not knowing what to expect and just being surprised and not having read everything online ahead of time and i completely agree with that and that's why i'm hoping that 
we don't get a lot of stuff leaked for this movie because on the one hand, I know I'm going to be excited and just, you know, be reading up on everything that pops up on the internet. But at the same time, I do want to go into the movie and be surprised. And, um, you know, I want sort of just enough teasers to just kind of whet my appetite and maybe know a little bit of, maybe know a little bit of what to expect when I go into the movie. But at the same time, like I definitely don't want any big spoilers or anything like that. And I just want to be able to enjoy it. So (laughs) the less of that stuff that pops up, the less I'll have to worry about avoiding it or, you know, being conflicted on whether I want to read it or not. Yeah. What's funny too, about that report you were mentioning about JJ Abrams. He also said too, that um, compared, I guess, to the other franchises that he's worked on Star Trek and I guess other movies he's done. He's, he made a, a comment saying that Lucasfilm was a little more open with their fans as far as like having information revealed to them. I like really, I don't know if that's necessarily true. I mean, they, I think they do a good job of giving us just enough, but at the same time, they're still pretty secretive as far as at least I remember from the prequels and not releasing too much information about those movies. So uh, I don't know if just JJ Abrams was saying that because compared to the other projects he's worked on, he feels Lucasfilm is a little more open to it. But he just kind of said how there's going to be a good compromise between the two as far as keeping enough secret and giving the fans some information. So I pretty much expect it to be the same how it was for the prequels, not necessarily giving us everything, but enough to get us excited and to hold us over, I guess, <laughs> where we hopefully won't need to search out every spoiler detail and leaked image. Yeah, hopefully not. I mean, I don't really remember the hype leading up to the prequels well enough to um, sort of compare it to that because I was a kid when the prequels came out and episode three was really the first movie that I kind of really got into following, um, kind of kind of jumped on the hype train for, I guess you could say. I mean, that was when I started getting into the EU and reading some of the books and stuff and first started going on starwars.com a lot and checking out like their blog posts and behind the scenes trailers and set photos and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, when episodes one and two came out, I was just kind of like, you know, I'll see the trailer if I happen to go see another movie and they show the trailer before it and then, you know, go see the actual movie when it comes out. And then, uh, before episode three came out, that's when I was finally like, oh, you can find a bunch of this stuff online and just watch it whenever <laughs> you want. Yeah, I've said this before. I spoiled myself all the time for <laughs> episodes one, two, and three. And after each movie, I said, okay, after episode one, episode two, I'm going in fresh. I'm not going to know anything. That didn't happen. Okay, episode three, this is the last Star Wars movie. I want to go in fresh, be surprised, and yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the only I've thing said... that I wanted to keep surprised was was how the Anakin and Obi-Wan fight ended as far as like how Obi-Wan took Anakin out. I wanted to keep that as a surprise as far as how he won that fight. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've said this before. I still kind of kick myself to this day for reading the episode three book before the movie came out. Um, just because my dad bought the book for me and I just sort of like put it on my shelf and was like, I'm not touching that till after the movie comes out. And then I started getting really excited for the movie and that book looked more and more tempting. And I was like, (laughs) okay, fine. I'll just find out what happens. Um, And, you know, it's funny for episode one and two, even though I wasn't on the internet, I actually had both of those movies spoiled for me a little bit just because of like other kids at school or whatever who would like talk about it, who got to see it before I did. Um, I actually think, well, I think with episode one, there was a kid who saw it before I did. 
and said something about um, Darth Maul killing Qui-Gon. So I had that spoiled for me. And then when episode two came out, I think I saw the movie opening weekend, but I had a, a kid in my class who had read the book before the movie came out, even though I hadn't read it, but he said something about the book with, um, you know, Dooku cutting Anakin's hand off. So I was like, oh, great. Thanks for telling me that. You know? <laughs> even though that wasn't necessarily a huge spoiler, but still, you know, not knowing at the time, it's like that would have been kind of a shocking surprise. Yeah, I remember seeing an image of that before I saw the movie. It was like, oh, man, he gets his arm chopped off. It's going to parallel to Luke getting his hand chopped off in Empire. Yeah. Like, how cool. <laughs> and then when I saw the movie, yep, that was exactly the same screenshot that I saw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but I guess uh, if I had to choose one that I wish I had to get spoiled on and to see it for the theater for the first time being surprised was seeing Yoda fight Dooku. I mean, seeing it for the first time was still awesome and amazing, but I just can't imagine going in there not expecting that and then see, seeing Yoda use his force powers and then see him in an action with his lightsaber probably would have blew my mind away and <laughs> not expecting yeah. that. Well, it's funny because I was, what, like 11 when that movie came out, so it still blew my mind. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just as a kid being like so excited to see Yoda do that. And look, I had heard about it ahead of time. Um, you know, that they because I remember reading somewhere that they were switching from, you know, the puppet Yoda to the CGI Yoda so that they'd be able to make him fight. And also, I think even in some of like the trailers or TV spots or something, they showed like brief glimpses of Yoda fighting. But still, like when he pulled out that lightsaber and just started going crazy and just, you know, flipping all over the place like a ninja on a Red Bull or something like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was not expecting that at all. Yeah, I will give him credit for Lucasfilm anyway for that whole sequence with Yoda and Dooku. They did not show any snippets of that before the movie came out. But then after like maybe a week or a few days after the movie came out, then they started showing commercials with that fight sequence. So Oh, okay. Even, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, I mean, even I definitely though I remember knew the fight was coming. I still didn't see anything about it until I actually saw the movie, which was cool, but I don't think I was able to hear sound when i saw the movie for the first time because the theater was just so loud cheering and screaming like oh man like yeah mine was the same on. way like <laughs> yeah. i remember people like cheering for yoda like it was a freaking football game or something yeah <laughs> that's a good way even before they started fighting right when he entered the room <laughs> yeah awesome. which it'll be cool to see if we have any more moments like that in uh in episode seven yeah uh, I'm expecting to feel the same way if Luke sees some action again. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. And that is one movie that I know nobody is going to spoil for me before it comes out because I will be, like, one of the first people in line for the Midnight Show. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if there's any spoilers online or anything, that's a different story. But nobody's telling me what happens before that comes out. Or, you know, if people read the book and, uh, you know, start talking to me about it, I'll just, like, carry around a foam baseball bat or something to... Or, you know, a toy lightsaber, heck, let's just go with that. And, you know, it, like, for maybe two weeks before the movie comes out, if I hear anybody, like, utter the words Episode 7, I'll just beat them with the bat. Or you should just walk around with just... Uh, headphones or earbuds in your ears all the time with your phone or an iPod. And as soon as someone might start talking about it, you hit the play button on a song or something. Or yeah, I could do drown that out their voice. But uh, yeah, so I mean, hopefully the movie is really awesome. We don't get spoiled, but um, yeah, definitely looking forward to some good stuff in the next couple of months with hopefully some casting reveals or something like that. Yeah, I'm more worried about me spoiling it for myself than someone spoiling it for me. So <laughs> I'm my, my own worst enemy when it comes to that. Yeah, we should maybe just like <laughs> admit ourselves into an insane asylum or something. <laughs> I feel like, can you just like put us in a padded cell for, you know, a couple of months and let us out when episode seven comes out? 
<laughs> or just put us to sleep for a year and a half or something wake us up <laughs> yeah carbonite there you go yeah <laughs> but uh yeah so that's pretty much all the episode seven stuff we've got to cover um and just the last thing which we briefly touched on at the beginning of the episode is the clone wars bonus content which we've had more and more details leaking about that from outside sources particularly from in germany um, we had a German channel called Super RTL who confirmed that the episodes are airing on February 15th um, over there. And that's sort of where all these leaked descriptions have been coming from is like from their programming guide. And they've got the uh, episode descriptions posted now for the last two episodes of the Yoda arc. Um, and I don't know. We don't necessarily need to get into these too much and spoil it, but I mean, as we've said before, this is the arc dealing with some stuff with Mysteries of the Force and tracking down Sifo-Dyas and Yoda going on some sort of personal trials. The one thing specifically uh, notable in here that I noticed was that they talk about the homeworld of the Sith yeah, Moraband, which I've heard some people say might just be a mistranslation from the German because obviously in the EU, the homeworld of the Sith is Korriban. And I'm like, I'm hoping that that's... Just a mistake because it would be really cool if they, you know, keep that planet in there and kept the name the same. Because I know for um, people like me who are fans of the EU and especially anyone who's played like Knights of the Old Republic or the Old Republic MMO or any other, um, you know, sort of EU sources where Korriban uh, makes an appearance and kind of plays a big part of the story. It would, it's always really cool to see that kind of stuff pop up on screen, just like it's been cool to see Republic Commandos or whatever else in the Clone Wars series. So it's like, it would be really awesome if we got a nod to some of those EU stories and they actually put Korriban in the, um, you know, sort of, I guess, into the highest tier of the canon of Star Wars. But um, I mean, if they do change the name to Moraband, I'm like, okay, well, at least it's, you know, we know where they got the name from, obviously, because it sounds so similar. See, this is one of those things where I kind of agree with you, where it's like, if they're just going to change the name and keep it the same idea, why not just use it the yeah, exact same exactly. way that it's been? Um, but I mean, they might want to make some changes to the planet a little bit too. Um, I don't know if like how it's going to look or if it's going to be sort of the same concept where it's just this sort of barren desert world where there's a bunch of tombs of ancient Sith Lords. But, um, I mean, if it is anything like uh, what we've seen in some of the video games and stuff, that would be really cool to see. Yeah. When I first saw this episode description, I was like, yes, it is confirmed. He's going to the home world of the Sith and it's Corban. Oh, wait. More band, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, maybe it's just a mistranslation. That was my first reaction to it. But then I started thinking, well, they kind of did this before in the Mandalorian arc because um, we know there was uh, Conquer Dawn, but then they kind of hinted at that for the the moon that was by Mandalore, which was they called Concordia in the Clone mm -hmm. Wars. I think it was, was kind of supposed to be Conquer Dawn, but it wasn't, so it, it was just called Concordia. And so that kind of got me to thinking, well, maybe they're doing the same thing with Korriban. They're going to call it Moriband. And now when I'm looking at it, this popped into my head right now, actually. Maybe it's going to have some tie-in to Mortis, maybe? Moriband, Mortis? I don't know. Because <laughs> I've heard before that this, there is supposed to be some Mortis stuff in these Yoda arc episodes. So maybe there's a connection that way. And maybe that's why they want to call it Moriband instead of Korriban. Possibly. And if it does have some sort of crossover with Mortis, then I maybe wouldn't have as much of a problem with it if it actually was in service to the story and it wasn't just like, hey, we want to use this thing from the EU, but we're going to change the name of it just because we can. 
Yeah, um, yeah. I just hope it's not that simple. Yeah, they just did it for the heck of it. There's, hopefully, there's some reason to it being renamed. But yeah, I mean, there are kind of some hints in these uh, in these episode descriptions about the origin of the Force and mysteries of the Force, and Yoda hearing the voice of Qui Gon, and of course, Qui Gon showed up in the Mortis trilogy, which, by the way, is one thing that I really wish they had kept a secret on Clone Wars, just because. I mean, I know they were trying to market it and hype it up and everything and be like, hey, come watch our show. Liam Neeson's going to be on it. But how freaking cool would that have been if we had just like tuned into that episode thinking, OK, what are we going to see on Clone Wars yeah. this week? And then be like, oh, my gosh, it's Qui-Gon. Yeah. First seeing Qui-Gon, but then hearing his voice as Liam Neeson, like, oh, wow, we came back yeah. to do it. Like, well, because you actually, a real shock. I'm pretty sure you hear his voice in the episode before you see his face. That's true. And yeah. so just, you know, sort of seeing Obi-Wan in this force cave on this mysterious force planet and then just hearing the voice of Liam Neeson coming from behind him, I would have flipped out. Yeah. But the one thing, the way the last episode uh, called Sacrifice, the way descriptions end, it says um, Yoda has to pass his final test where that only he will learn the best kept secret of his order. But first, a most powerful enemy awaits. And I, I'm betting it that it's going to be the Sith character that Mark Hamill is playing. I mean, that's, I think, the big reveal that, or surprise that they're keeping secret for this arc. And just the way how that episode description ended for a powerful enemy awaits, that's got to be him. It just has to be. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. I, yeah, I remember you saying that, that Mark Hamill is maybe going to be voicing a character in the bonus content. But, I mean, if that's true, that would be really cool. Like, yeah. And that's an understatement. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's, you, know you just mentioned how they wanted to make a big, like the whole Qui-Gon thing, they wanted to be a big media uh, reveal where they get people hyped up about it. And this, I can imagine they want to do the same thing with Mark Hamill returning to Star Wars, his first start, return to Star Wars before Episode 7. And you think they want to hype that up pretty big with different mainstream media outlets to make this announcement. Yeah, but see, Maybe at the same time, part of the holdup too. <laughs> well, know. see, I think because Clone Wars is already canceled. I mean, obviously, I think they still want to get as many viewers as possible for this show. And maybe this is just me being, you know, idealistic as a fan and not necessarily thinking about the business side of it. But it seems to me like these bonus content episodes really are more of. Um, just sort of putting a nice bow on the conclusion of the series for the fans who really wanted to see more of it. And, you know, they're less concerned with like the ratings of the show from week to week because the show's already been yeah. canceled anyway. So, um, yeah, it's like if they're going to keep any secrets and big reveals and stuff, this is definitely the time to do it. Yeah, right now they're doing a great job of keeping it a secret. <laughs> <sighs> well, they're doing too good of a job now. We also have... Um, just in the past couple of days, there have been some screenshots that have leaked from a German trailer for the show. And then also uh, we've actually just got a trailer, like an actual trailer. Um, and it's not the – I don't think this is supposed to be the same trailer that was shown back at like some convention in Poland or something okay. that we first got like our first details about the bonus content from. Um, this one's only like 40 seconds and it looks like it's from – it basically looks like one of those short little commercial spots that you would see on Cartoon Network like during a commercial break or something, you know, teasing um, an upcoming episode of The Clone Wars or something like that. Um, so it looks like that, but for this German channel, and uh, we have a link to it on YouTube on our Twitter feed, and you can uh, go look, you know, go check it out on there. 
But, um, I mean, the whole trailer's in German, so you can't really understand what they're saying, but you can get kind of some glimpses at stuff that's going to be in these episodes. But it looks like it's just for the first arc, which is going to be the one with the clones and Order 66 and all that. And it could very well be just for the first episode, but definitely looks like it's not anything beyond just that first story arc. But it, it looks... Uh, pretty awesome to say the least and uh, there's some stuff in there that we didn't even really um, get hinted at in the descriptions I mean it looks like Shock T is up to some stuff on Camino, maybe also looking into this conspiracy um, we see Dooku talking to Darth Sidious which is really nothing new especially since we can't hear their voices for a second this almost seemed to me like uh, I was like are they just reusing footage from the Night Sisters trilogy because it's Dooku in his um his palace on Sereno where uh Ventress and the Night Sisters attack him in that uh series and so at first I thought maybe it was just something from that but until I realized that Darth Sidious in the hologram that Dooku is talking to is wearing his his uh you know his cloak and everything from the uh the lawless which is different from this, just the plain black cloak that he's been wearing for most of the series when we've seen him show up, but it's closer to what he wears in Revenge of the Sith, where it's not just black, it's more sort of like dark red and purple, and it's got a little bit more variation to it. And so I was like, oh, okay, this is the new uh, Sidious outfit, so this is definitely some new stuff. Um, and then, you know, we see a little bit with, like, the clone troopers and everything. So, um, and, you know, just... I would say it's getting me more excited for these episodes, but at the same time, it's like the more and more details that leak out about this, I'm like, what did Germany do? Did they like win an international bidding contest to get these episodes <laughs> first or something? It's like the MLB posting system for like Japanese players. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I, I sent a tweet about it earlier saying, man, it's just so good to finally see some new Clone Wars footage, regardless if it's in German, I can't understand what they're saying. <laughs> I mean, it's just awesome to see new Clone Wars footage, but at the same time, it's like, man, this is almost like they're torturing us. <laughs> We're seeing all this awesome footage and screenshots, but yet... Over here, we know absolutely nothing about how we're going to see it and when we're going to see it, which is the part that sucks about seeing this new trailer and these screen grabs. Because uh, it looks awesome, and I can't wait to see it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. but like I said many times, this Order 66 arc, along with the Yoda arc, is both my most anticipated when I go back and forth, which one I want to see the most. And now seeing all this like new stuff, it's like, uh, it just looks so cool seeing Tup kind of go after a Jedi like he's like they have to hold him back his helmet's off he sees a Jedi just like loses it almost yeah he definitely looks like he's freaking out yeah and then there were some screenshots that came out yesterday before the trailer hit today but then also there were some um, other screenshots that came out that weren't necessarily from this German trailer that came out today because the quality seems to be a lot better seems more clearer and sharper then there's totally different images that we don't see in the trailer we got today. And yeah, but it looks like most of it's from the same Order 66 arc because we see some new shots of Obi-Wan and Anakin, Anakin and Kamino and like Fives and Rex. Then there's another cool shot that shows the wolf pack and Fives who looks to be like imprisoned or somewhere. He's like they're escorting him to a cell or something. He's just in his clone, red clone cadet outfits that we see them train on in Kamino. And then there was that also one, the last two screenshots, where there's this new alien species who's looks like making her case to the Senate from her palace. And 
we kind of both were saying we don't know what exactly alien species it is or what story she's going to be from, but we kind of guessed that maybe she's going to be in those Jar Jar and Race Windu's episodes because I believe the story synopsis for those episodes was that there was this new alien planet that was kind of looking for some help after like the disappearance of most of their species. So maybe that's it. But yeah, just more stuff that's wetting our appetite and then just making us wonder when we're going to get this announcement for when we're going to see it. And just for me personally, why all this is happening the way it is? Because in my opinion, I think Lucasfilm's really done a poor job as far as getting this information out to us. And they usually do a great job with everything they do, but just the fact that we kind of got to look for Twitter and the social media stuff to see these leaked images and these trailers to get our some information about the Clone Wars bonus content. And they're just not saying anything about it. I mean, yeah. I just can't imagine that they would let all this stuff come out and know, let fan, know that fans know this is airing in Germany and not make some type of announcement. Like, just maybe give us the trailer of the bonus content, but if they still don't have the details worked out as far as how and when we're going to see it, maybe say that, but just give us the trailer to show what we can expect. But they've been absolutely silent on this whole uh, Clone Wars bonus content news, so it just puzzles me, really. I don't know why they're just being so tight-lipped on it. Yeah, the only explanation I can think of is that they've got to have some sort of holdup or problem or you know hurdle that they've got to jump over in terms of licensing issues or contracts or distribution rights or something. I mean, maybe, I don't know, because I've heard that, you know, Cartoon Network didn't renew the show for another season, and that's yeah. the reason it got canceled, is Disney just wanted to move on to something new instead of picking it up. But it's like maybe somehow Cartoon Network still has some rights to it or um yeah i don't know because dave filoni has said that the episodes are done so it can't be yeah. anything to do with that um and it's like we've heard rumors that they were going to air on disney xd and disney owns disney xd so it's not like there's going to be any conflict between disney and disney xd so the only thing i can think of is that Cartoon Network might still have some sort of rights over it that is holding them up and they have to have some sort of contract negotiation or legal battle or whatever. I don't know what the case is, but um, I don't know. With these episodes airing in Germany next Saturday, I hope that sometime between now and then that we get some sort of you know, either announcement of when we're going to get to see them or at least an explanation of why it's been, you know, why the holdup. Um, and I mean, I will say I'm definitely not expecting them to be released here next Saturday. Yeah. Um, I mean, for one thing, I just checked, uh, the Disney XD listings on TV guy like a couple of days ago and yeah, sure enough, there were no Clone Wars episodes listed on there, but, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully within the next week or so, they'll at least give us an explanation or let us know when we can expect to see them. And it's funny because, like, the past couple episodes I've been saying, like, well, if we don't get them the same time as Germany, I'm probably just going to go and go ahead and end up downloading them. And then I realized, like, wait, no, I'm not because the episodes are going to be dubbed in German. Yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to understand a word of it anyways. So instead, I'm just going to be sitting around waiting impatiently and um, – you know, and you know, obviously, we don't mean to sound like whiny or entitled or anything like that. But at the same time, it is kind of baffling as to, you know, why they're releasing these internationally and are not only not releasing them in their native country, but also like not even giving an explanation for it. And like I said, I'm, I'm really 
assuming that there must be some sort of complication or holdup, but I would still hope that they would at least say something about it, you know? Yeah, that's the big thing. It's not that, oh, we're not getting it first and Germany's getting ahead of us. It's just that they're giving us nothing about it, like no information whatsoever. That's the frustrating part. Like if they were to say, yeah, Germany's getting it first, but um, the U.S. release is going to be a few weeks later. Here's a new trailer to show you what's coming up. Yeah, that's fine. But it's nothing. Like I said, it would be nice to get some type of explanation. But I know we said this the last two episodes, like maybe this week <laughs> we're going to be getting <laughs> official announcement. I think that's ended up being a month now. And I'm going to say it again because you would think, you just would think that for the episodes premiering next week in Germany, they want to have some type of announcement to, for us fans over here because they got to realize that there's going to be people who, regardless if they can't understand the language, they're going to download those episodes illegally some way because that's just what people do nowadays. And you think they want to maybe try to stop that by giving us some type of announcement to look forward to so they can kind of cut down on those type of downloads before it happens really because you know that fans are just so eager to see these episodes that we just <laughs> it's not like a broken record we just want some type of announcement to kind of let us know when we're going to get these awesome episodes yeah and i'm sure there's somebody living in the united states who likes star wars and speaks german and is yeah. going to you know, pirate <laughs> these episodes and then release their own copies online with subtitles or dub their own translation over it or something like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, you would think that they would want fans to, you know, enjoy it in high quality the first time that it's broadcast or released or whatever, and not have to go online and try to translate the German version and spoil it for themselves. And so, yeah, hopefully we get something soon. Yep, hopefully. That's been our theme for the last few episodes since we hit 2014, I think. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> yeah. this is the week. Yeah, well, I mean, as always, we're just playing a waiting game here with Clone Wars bonus content or Episode 7 rumors or whatever the case may be. But, uh, yeah, this is definitely one that I'm hoping we'll find out sooner than later. I mean, I can I can wait a little longer for details on Episode 7. And, you know, we thought we'd have some casting announcements by now, but it's been like over a year now. So at this point, it's kind of like, okay, whenever you feel like it. But with the bonus content announcing next week, um, you know, it would be like if it was like a month before episode seven came out and we still didn't know if Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher yeah. were, were still going to be in it. Then I would be like, come on guys, just tell us already. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, how we always say after we record an episode, some big news always happens the day of or the day after this time. I'm really hoping that's the case <laughs> with Clone Wars, regardless if we just recorded an episode because I just want to find out this information so bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we so will, hopefully uh, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. But we'll, uh, we'll have to wait and see, as we always do. Yep. But uh, I think before we wrap up this episode, we've got a couple of uh, fan mail tweet type things, right? Yep. Yeah, we got another email from Dane who asked us. Um, it goes without saying that there have been a ton of Episode 7 casting rumors going around. So I was wondering if you had to put your money, if you had to put your money behind one person being cast and using all the information about the casting that has hit the internet, who would you pick? Now, when I first read that, I was like, man, that's kind of a tough one because, yeah, there's been tons of casting rumors. But one who I think might be a, a strong possibility is an actor who has one of those names that I know I'm going to screw up. <laughs> um, Shiweto Ijofor, which I'm sure that's not how you pronounce it, but um, he was he's an actor who's been 
recently rumored for it, and then previously his name been mentioned. And this is where, like, he's been asked at the red carpet a few months ago for some movies he's promoting about Episode 7. And he's all like, oh, you never know. We'll just have to wait and see. And, like, yeah, I did have a meeting with J.J. Abrams about it. And then just recently, not too long ago, like, I believe this was a few weeks ago in January, late January, middle January somewhere. But uh, it came up again, and he kind of gave the same answer where it's like, yeah, you just have to wait and see. Um, I really don't have an answer I can give you about it. But he's, like, the one actor whose been, name's been coming up quite a few times and who has, has, has had a meeting with J.J. Abrams and has not denied it at all. So if I had to pick one, I'd probably go with him just because he's one of the consistent names out there has come up several times. But what do you think, Kyle? Is there one actor who's jumping out at you that could be a strong possibility? Because it's hard. To pick oh, one. gosh, I don't know. I mean, he would be a good pick. Um, I mean, like you said, with him, his name popping up multiple times and him not having denied it or anything. Um, I, I wouldn't have thought of him just because I haven't heard as much of those recent rumors that you were talking about. And so, um, you know, it's just, you know, he's one of those names in the back of my mind that's like, oh yeah, we heard about that one a while ago. And also we've heard that there might be some changes to like anyone who they had met with or possibly been thinking about casting. Um, once they sort of had the, the changeover with Michael Arndt leaving and, uh, JJ Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan rewriting the script, um, they're saying that, you know, with Michael Arndt's draft, they were looking at casting a lot of younger actors and that when J.J. Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan rewrote it, that a lot of those parts might have been kept kind of the same but rewritten as older characters. And so they might be looking to cast older actors now, um, which does kind of make sense because it seems like it's been since that point that we've started hearing a lot about, you know, Gary Oldman and Hugo Weaving and Benedict Cumberbatch and some of these more experienced actors. But um, oh gosh, I don't know if I had to pit, put money on one, I don't really want to commit to just one because, you know, I don't like putting money on stuff. I don't want to lose my money, <laughs> but it's funny because I want to say Mark Hamill because it's like the one character that I would bet on appearing in episode seven would be That's Luke Skywalker, <laughs> but except it's not really an easy one because out of the three original characters, um, yeah, he's the only one that still has not really said much about it. I mean, Carrie Fisher will just be like, yeah, I'm going to be in episode seven and I'm going to be princess Leia again. And I want to have the buns with gray hair and it'll be funny and ha ha ha. And then Harrison Ford is always like so coy about it to the point that, you're like, okay, he could just be kidding about it, but yeah, maybe he really is hiding something and is going to return. And Mark Hamill, every time, is just like, look, honestly, I don't know. They haven't called me about it. We haven't talked contracts, blah, blah, blah. And so that's the one thing that makes you know that makes me hesitant to, to throw his name out there. Um, other than that, I would probably have to say, I don't know, it might be a toss-up between Gary Oldman and uh, Jesse Plemons. Um, just because, like I said, Gary Oldman is, you know, a good character actor who's, you know, been in a lot of movies, he's recognizable, but at the same time, he can really get into those roles and he's not like just some recognizable movie star face that you're going to pick out of the movie and, you know, kind of, it's going to sort of ruin the, uh, the immersion of the experience for you. And then Jesse Plemons being kind of a relatively unknown actor. I mean, I know he's been on Breaking Bad and a lot of people watch that show, but it's not like he's done a ton of stuff. And uh, seems, you know, like a, a good pick to fit, um, you know, a Skywalker slash Solo offspring role. 
Um, and both of those guys, you know, Jesse Plemons, um, either he and or J.J. Abrams confirmed that they had met. And then obviously Gary Oldman just having said that, yeah, like, yeah, they called me about a part. So I would say maybe one of those two guys. Um, but I, like I said, it's really hard for me to commit to just one because I'm sure, like I said, some of these rumors might be spot on. Some of them might be totally off base and then they're probably going to cast some people that we never even heard come up in rumors. Yeah, definitely. I think really that's going to be the case with majority of the cast people that weren't even in the rumor mill. <laughs> that's usually how it goes. But I just look at, uh, the casting for Lex Luthor and the Man of Steel sequel, the Batman Superman movie. No, there was no rumor on the internet that suggested that. Um, uh, see, I'm even blanking on his name right now, but the guy uh, from the Jesse Network, Eisenberg. Yeah, there you go. That he was going to play Lex Luthor. It's like it was always Brian Cranston and anyone else who was bald <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for exactly. Lex Luthor. So yeah, it's probably going to be something totally out of left field that no one saw coming. Yeah. Except, but, I guess the the one difference here is that like. We don't know what characters these actors will be playing necessarily. So it's not like everybody has one pick that they're throwing out there. It's like, oh, you definitely need to cast this actor as this guy. It's like instead all these rumors are like so-and-so may have met with J.J. Abrams about an unknown role. And so, you know, it's less speculation about like this person should play this part. And it's more just like this person might be in the movie. Yeah, that's true too. So but. I do think I do think we might get a few more accurate picks than the Lex Luthor one, for example, um, just because it's not just like the internet saying, "Hey, this would be great if this guy played this person." Yeah, but, um, <laughs> but, yeah. I don't know. I, I always find it funny just when someone gets cast and it was just totally that no one saw coming. It was like all those scoops and rumors for nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just can't help but find that funny sometimes. Yeah, so it'll it'll definitely be uh, be good to see. So yeah, sorry if uh, Dane, if I disappointed you by not really committing to one pick, but um, you know we'll uh, we'll just have to see how many of these rumors pan out to be true. But like I said, I, I'm kind of leaning towards Jesse Plemons or Gary Oldman if I had to pick one. And also on Twitter, we got a question from Brian, which is actually not a Star Wars question, but he asked us which baseball team do you root for. I was so pleased when. Um, the director of promotional events for the Reds tweeted me about to say that we're having a Star Wars weekend over May 4th. So he wanted to know what our favorite baseball teams were. And for me, we were talking about how cool the Imperial and Empire propaganda posters were for Rebels. So I, my favorite team is what many teams refer to as the evil empire of baseball, the New York Yankees. So. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how many boos I'm getting over there. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, but the Yankees are one of the few teams who don't do any of the Star Wars days that a lot of major league teams are doing nowadays. So they got to get on that. Maybe that's why they don't do it because they'll be associated with the evil empire again. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this is sort of a Star Wars related question from Brian because, yeah, he was talking about the Star Wars day promotions that a lot of teams do. Um, I myself am an, a, uh, an Arizona Diamondbacks fan. Um, also was uh, born and lived in Boston for 10 years. Uh, and so the Red Sox are my second favorite team. And that's uh, why I was born and raised with a hatred of the Yankees and <laughs> give Tim crap about it all the time. Um, Cause I also love to see the Red Sox kick the, kick the Yankees butts. And I was really glad to see them win the world series last year. Oh, but uh, since moving <laughs> to Arizona, I've become, you know, a huge 
a Diamondbacks fan and have actually been to I, they they've done Star Wars Day the past few years and I've been to two of them I think I went uh, last year and then two years before that um, and actually yeah they've already started releasing or you know announcing some of their promotional events for this year and I think the first one they that they announced was that they were doing a Star Wars Day and I forget which day it is. But it's sometime over the summer. I want to say sometime either like May 20th or June 20th or something like that. Um, and it's funny, Brian, you were saying that the uh, the director of promotional events for the Reds tweeted you. I tweet the Diamondbacks so many times during the season that they've like followed me now. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know who it is that runs their Twitter account. But yeah, whoever it is is following me on Twitter now. And obviously I follow them. So uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. And my hopes for the 2014 season. Yankees and Red Sox meet up in the ALCS. Yankees beat them, and then they meet the Diamondbacks in the World Series to pay back for 2001 after all these years. <laughs> Ooh, that would be nice. And plus, it would just be fun to go back and forth with you, Kyle, if they play each other in the World Series. <laughs> oh, definitely. Well, yeah, I don't want to see the Yankees beat the Red Sox in the ALCS. Like, that would be no fun. But seeing another Red Sox-Yankees, or another D-backs-Yankees World Series, uh, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I'd love to see the D-backs get back to the World Series anyways, and... You know, I'm sure Tim and I would have a whole bunch of betting and stuff going on. And you know, if we if we recorded a podcast in the middle of the World Series, that would be pretty fun to like have commentary on that and just be going yeah. back and forth <laughs> about it. But um, see, at least you, you know, you along with a lot of other Yankee fans I know are you know disowning a Rod. Oh, which yeah. is uh, <laughs> kind of one of the reasons I, or definitely one of the things I didn't like the most about the Yankees, anyways. But. Yeah, now he's trying to make things better by dropping the lawsuits against the Players Association in baseball. Like, yeah, it's a little too late for that. Yeah, <laughs> see, that's not making you. things better. That's surrendering and slinking yeah. back like a coward. Should have done that from the get-go or not even do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like when, once his suspension is up, if he comes back, he is not going to have many friends in the game. Oh, no, probably not even on the Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like fake high fives and cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, it's good for the team, but we can't stand you. Yeah, that was kind of ridiculous. And for anyone who's not a baseball fan at all and has no idea what we're talking about, I sort of apologize, but at the same time, not really, because I love talking baseball as much as Star Wars. But uh, Well, almost as much as Star Wars. I don't do a baseball podcast. If I liked baseball as much as Star Wars, I'd probably also be doing a baseball podcast or something. <laughs> But it's good when you can combine the two into a discussion, which is why those Star Wars days are awesome. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah, those Star Wars days are a lot of fun. And I think both times I went, I sort of did like a hybrid baseball Jedi costume. I basically wore like my Jedi robes over – or I kind of did like full Jedi costume except instead of like the tunic under the robe, I wore a Diamondbacks jersey. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) So that was pretty cool. And I've seen people do – Oh, gosh, even some more crazy mashups because I've seen games where like the Diamondbacks have playing have been playing some other team at their home field at their Star Wars day and like seeing it on TV. And, you know, you'll see like a stormtrooper all painted up in giants, orange and black or something like that. It's just really cool to see those kind of crossovers. Yeah, so hopefully it should become more teams are doing it every year. It seems like hopefully it's a standard for every major league team to have a Star Wars day because <laughs> that'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because on the one hand, I'm like, do they really have to have it every year? Like Star Wars and baseball don't really have that much to do with each other. And then on the other hand, I'm like, well, they're two of my favorite things on the planet. So if they want to combine them, I'm not going to complain. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) It's fun seeing them on the highlights too. (laughs) Oh yeah, definitely. 
So, uh, yeah. So, um, Brian and Dane, thanks for sending us your questions and thoughts. And uh, for anyone else who wants to send us any questions, comments, feedback, anything like that, we now have a new email address. Um, so instead of our old email addresses at clonewarspodcast.com, we now have one joint email address at starwarstsc at gmail.com. Um, so you can send all your thoughts and comments and stuff over there, and uh, Tim and I will both be able to access that, and then we'll read your questions and comments and things on the show and uh, respond to them, and we always love hearing from you guys. Also, we have our own website now that you can check out, and that is starwarstsc.com. And uh, if you were following us over on uh, the Clone Wars podcast website before, it's pretty much the same layout, except now uh, we have our own section and uh, it's just, you know, the the stuff that you'll see showing up in the news feed on the website is just our episodes and our um, episode seven related news posts that uh, we're going to put up on there. So, um, you know, I know some of you have been requesting that. I know some of you have probably come over from, uh, you know, started out listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, and then uh, jumped on when we started doing this. But I know there's also some people who just listen to our show and have been asking for, you know, a dedicated podcast feed and all that kind of thing. So, um, I mean, we've had our own separate feed on iTunes for a while now, but now we also have um, our own website that you can go to just for everything uh the saga continues related and uh, related to episode seven and all that good upcoming stuff so again that is starwarstsc.com um so go ahead and check us out over there and uh, again you can email us at starwarstsc at gmail.com um and as always you can follow us on twitter at starwarstsc and that's where we'll be posting all of our um up to the minute news updates um until we do our next episode um, especially if we finally get some details on the Clone Wars bonus content this week, <laughs> fingers crossed. Um, you know, we'll uh, let you guys know first and foremost on there, and we'll also uh, you know post it on our website. And you can also check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash I believe it's Star Wars the Saga Continues, right? That's it. I think. Yep. Yeah. So it's kind of a long name, but yeah, facebook.com slash Star Wars the Saga Continues. And, uh, yeah, so that's it for this week. Uh, Thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you next time, and may the Force be with you. See you next time, everyone.